Welcome to Band Camp. My name is Dan. And I'm Jennifer. And this is the podcast where we read banned books to try to find out why they were banned in the first place. And this season, we're reading The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Spoilers are inevitable as we are reading the book aloud in its entirety. So if you want to get up to speed without spoilers, you could head on over to season four of Bandcamp and check out episode one and catch up. Also, feel free to join the discussion with us on Instagram. You can follow us at Bandcamp underscore podcast. We're going to include the direct link in our show notes. And as always, let's roll him in on his computer cart before Jennifer starts reading. This is the third member of our team, our trusty robot. Bring him in. Look at this guy. Come on in here. Tell us where we left off, robot. We continue to unravel the complexities of the Grangerfords, a family rich in Southern opulence, but not so much in sense, especially given their grim history of enslavement. Topping the Grangerford scale of absurdity, we dove deeper into their nonsensical feud with the Shepherdsons. And just as we were navigating these layers of folly, Huck's journey brought us a heartwarming surprise, a joyful and utterly unexpected reunion with Jim. Stay tuned to see where this twist leads Huck next. All right, so with that being said, let's begin the second half of Chapter 18 of The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. I waked him up, and I reckoned it was going to be a grand surprise to him to see me again, but it weren't. He nearly cried he was so glad, but he weren't surprised. Said he swam along behind me that night and heard me yell every time, but doesn't answer because he didn't want nobody to pick him up and take him into slavery again, says he. I got hurt a little and couldn't swim fast, so I was a considerable ways behind you towards Delas. When you landed, I reckoned I could catch you with you on Delan, doubt having to shout at you. But when I see dat house, I begin to slow. I is off too fur to hear what they say to you. I was afraid o' de dogs. (laughs) 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 sorry it's so weird to read out loud i was afraid oh the dogs but i'm not making fun of jim's i really like this but i like it for jim i don't like it for jen i'm not i'm not making fun i seriously this is endearing i know i i wish he was here to speak it but i apologize here we go but when it is all quiet again, I knowed you's in de house, so I struck out poor de woods to wait for day. Early in de morning, some er de n-words come along, going to de fields, and they tuck me and showed me de place, where de dogs can't track me on account so de water, and they brings me truck to eat every night, and tells me how you's a-getting along. Oh, so that's really kind of them. They're bringing him food and telling him where to hide and not turning him in. That's... It's just such a kindness, you know? Yeah. Why didn't you tell my Jack to fetch me here sooner, Jim? My Jack. Why didn't you tell my Jack? It's <laughs> like it's his Jack. It belongs to, he belongs to him. I even yeah. said it on accident because it's like an object. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Well, twarn't no use to disturb you, Huck, till we could do something. But we's all right now. I been a buying pots and pans and vittles as I got a chance and a patching up de raft nights when. What raft, Jim? Our old raft. You mean to say our old raft weren't smashed up all to flinders? 
No, she weren't. She was tore up a good deal. One in of her was. But they weren't no great harm done. Only our traps was most all lost. If we hadn't div so deep and swum so fur underwater, and de night hadn't been so dark, and we weren't so skeered and been sitch punkin heads. <laughs> As de saying is, we deceed de raft, but it's jizz as well we didn't, cause now she's all fixed up again most as good as new. And we's got a new lot o' stuff in de place o' what us loss. Thus spoke Jim. Oh wait, there's more. Why, how did you get hold of the raft again, Jim? Did you catch her? How I gwine to catch her in I out in de woods? No, some er de n words found or here catched on a snag along here. <laughs> Sorry. Pardon me. I'm reading this. I'm reading this just as syllables, and that just kind of surprised me. Every once in a while, you will go into old lady voice, and hey, <laughs> it's a real old lady voice. <laughs> it's just that sound. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Found her catched on a snag along here in the bend, and they hid her in a crick amongst the willows, and they was so much drawn about which on em she belonged to the most that I come to hear bout it pooty soon. So I ups and settles the trouble by telling em she don't belong to none of em but to you and me, and I asked em if they gwine to grab a young white gentleman's property and get a hidden for it. Den I gin em ten cents apiece, and dey us mighty well satisfied, and wist some mo rafts ud come along and make in rich again. Dey's mighty good to me, these n words is, and whatever I wants em to do for me, I don't have to ask em twice, honey. Dat Jack's a good n word and pooty smart. Yes, he is. He ain't ever told me you was here. Told me to come, and he'd show me a lot of water moccasins. If anything happens, he ain't mixed up in it. He can say he never seen us together, and it'll be the truth. I don't want to talk much about the next day. I reckon I'll cut it pretty short. I waked up about dawn and was going to turn over and go to sleep again when I noticed how still it was. Didn't seem to be anybody stirring. That wasn't usual. Next, I noticed that Buck was up and gone. Well, I gets up, a wondering, and goes downstairs. Nobody around. Everything as still as a mouse. Just the same outside. Thinks I, what does it mean? Down by the woodpile, I comes across my jack and says, What's it all about? Says he, don't you know? No, says I, I don't. Miss Sophia's run off. Deed she has. Oh, the feud. Yeah. The Romeo and Juliet moment is coming up. Uh, she run off in the night sometime. Nobody don't know just when. Run off to get married to dat young Harney Shepherdson, you know. Leastways, so they speck. De family found it out about half an hour ago, maybe a little mo. And I tell you, they weren't no time loss. Sitch another hurrying up guns and hosses you never see. De woman folks has gone for to stir up de relations and old Mars Saul and de boys tuck de guns and rode up de river road for to try to catch dat young man and kill him for he can get across de river with Miss Sophia. I reckon days gwine to be mighty rough times. So these jack-offs would kill in front of her the man she loves? What a nightmare. Right. Right. Well, that and doesn't... remember, she doesn't really count. 
it's they're trying to make it look like this guy kidnapped her. It's like no, she, they're in a relationship. She they they want to be married. Both of them want to run off and get rid of your stupid feud. They want to have a normal life. Well, it's kind of like they also have to run off to be free. Yeah, you know they should go out west to uh, Portland, become lumberjacks. Oh my God, are you kidding me? I got to dust this thing off again. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. Buck went off, thought waking me up. Well, I reckon he did. They weren't going to mix you up in it. Buck, he loaded up his gun and load he's going to catch home a Shepherdson or a bust. Well, there'll be plenty on um, da, I reckon. And you bet you he'll fetch one if he gets a chance. I took up the river road as hard as I could put. By and by, I begin to hear guns a good ways off. When I come in sight of the log store and the wood pile where the steamboats land, I worked along under the trees and brush till I got to a good place. And then I clumb up into the forks of a cottonwood that was out of reach and watched. There was a wood rank four foot high a little ways in front of the tree. And first I was going to hide behind that, but maybe it was luckier I didn't. I'm not sure what a wood rank is, but it, I guess it's big enough to hide behind. There was four or five men cavorting around on their horses in the open place before the log store. What's a log store? Did they used to sell logs? Oh, is this like literally a storage? Like a log oh. storage? Like a firewood shed or something? Yeah. Yeah, I bet that's it. Ah. Okay, the log store. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna hop in the car and head to the log store, cussing and yelling and trying to get at a couple of young chaps that was behind the wood rank alongside of the steamboat landing, but they couldn't come it. Every time one of them showed himself on the riverside of the woodpile, he got shot at. The two boys was squatting back to back behind the pile so they could watch both ways. So this is like an all-out war. Yeah, this is so weird. They are hiding behind logs, shooting at each other. Yeah, oh that's that's what's going on. God. And uh, Huck's up there in the tree watching this whole thing. By and by, the men stopped cavorting around and yelling. They started riding towards the store. Then up gets one of the boys, draws a steady bead over the wood rank, and drops one of them out of his saddle. Ooh, killed one. Wow, this is actually the first time in this story that yeah, things just got real. All the men jumped off of their horses and grabbed the hurt one and started to carry him to the store. And that minute, the two boys started on the run. They got halfway to the tree I was in before the men noticed. Then the men see them and jumped on their horses and took out after them. They gained on the boys, but it didn't do no good. The boys had too good a start. They got to the woodpile that was in front of my tree and slipped in behind it. And so they had the bulge on the men again. One of the boys was Buck, and the other was a slim young chap about 19 years old. The men ripped around a while and then rode away. As soon as they was out of sight, I sung out to Buck and told him. He didn't know what to make of my boys coming out of the tree at first. He was awful surprised. He told me to watch out sharp and let him know when the men come in sight again. Said they was up to some devilment or other. Wouldn't be gone long. I wished I was out of that tree, but I doesn't come down. Buck began to cry and rip, and load that him and his cousin Joe, that was the other young chap, would make up for this day yet. He said his father and his two brothers was killed. Whoa! So, so the, the men of the family are gone? I think they should just let the woman run away, right? Do you think, will Huck and Jim free the Granger's 
hundreds of black people. Oh, that would be Because twist. think about where this is, right? They, they were literally, well, I don't know how many days this has been going on at the Grangerford house. I mean, it's not like this happened yesterday. Huck is yeah. part of the family. Jim is all part of, you know, remember right before that happened, they were on the river and they were real close to Jim being free. If he goes over here, could you imagine hundreds of, of, of enslaved people knowing that like, I think like if we just go over that ridge and jump in the water tonight, we can swim over there and we're free. Right. I mean, maybe that would be really cool. That would be a really cool thing to happen. But didn't the Grangerfords like kind of adopt Huck kind of like they're like, oh, our yeah. son died and like you can be a replacement or something like that. Yeah. So maybe yeah. he'll inherit some of uh, these enslaved peoples and, and he set those people free. He said his father and his two brothers was killed and two or three of the enemy said the Shepherdsons laid for them in ambush. Buck said his father and brothers ought to waited for their relations. The Shepherdsons was too strong for them. I asked him what was become of young Harney and Miss Sophia. He said they'd got across the river and was safe. Okay, so they can stop now, right? They they made it. They made it. I'm happy for the <laughs> uh, the new Shepherdsons. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Oh. Why are the Shepherdsons still going after them, though? Like, the big guys are dead. The dad and yep. the big two Yeah, brothers. but they also killed two Shepherdsons. Feud is just going to feed itself. I was glad. Okay, so he's glad. He says, I was glad of that. But the way Buck did take on because he didn't manage to kill Harney that day he shot at him, I hain't ever heard anything like it. All of a sudden, bang, 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 goes three or four guns. The men had slipped around through the woods and come in from behind without their horses. The boys jumped for the river, both of them hurt, and as they swum down the current, the men run along the bank, shooting at them and singing out, kill them, kill them. God, this is really a nightmare. Man. <laughs> it, made, it made me so sick. I'm sick too, by the way. I most fell out of that tree. I ain't a going to tell all that happened. It would make me sick again if I was to do that. I wished I hadn't ever come ashore that night to see such things. I ain't ever going to get shut out of them. Lots of times I dream about them. So he's got PTSD from this. I stayed in the tree till it began to get dark, afraid to come down. Sometimes I heard guns away off in the woods, and twice I seen little gangs of men gallop past the log store with guns. So I reckoned the trouble was still a going on. I was mighty downhearted. So I made up my mind I wouldn't ever go near that house again because I reckoned I was to blame somehow. I judged that that piece of paper meant that Miss Sophia was to meet Harney somewheres at half past two and run off. And I judged I ought to told her father about that piece and the curious way she acted. And then maybe he would have locked her up. And this awful mess wouldn't ever happened. I don't think he should blame himself. Right. They would have found a way. When I got down out of the tree, I crept along down the riverbank a piece and found the two bodies laying in the edge of the water and tugged at them till I got them ashore. Then I covered up their faces and got away as quick as I could. So it is Buck and his buddy. Yeah. I, cr I mean, this dr just gross. Like, Men riding on horses, following two little boys swimming in the water. It's yeah. gross. It's like, it's, it's gotta be like, I think this is highlighting their lack of humanity. Like just looking at other human beings 
I mean, that must be why he wrote about this feud is because like the Shepherdsons and Grangerfords, they don't look at each other as fellow citizens, People. fellow humans, yeah. yeah, just like garbage, you know? I mean, it's so real. Like what he's getting at here is so real. Like, you know, people are yeah. like this. So much of it is always through the prism of white slaveholder and then black enslaved person. This is two white families fighting and they don't see the humanity in each other. Sad. I cried a little when I was covering up Buck's face for he was mighty good to me. It was just dark now. I never went near the house, but struck through the woods and made for the swamp. Jim weren't on his island, so I tramped off in a hurry for the crick and crowded through the willows, red hot to jump aboard and get out of that awful country. The raft was gone. My souls, but I was scared. I couldn't get a breath for most a minute. Then I raised a yell. A voice not 25 foot from me says, Good land, is that you, honey? Don't make no noise. It was Jim's voice. Nothing ever sounded so good before. Okay, that's really sweet. Yeah. I ran along the bank a piece and got aboard, and Jim, he grabbed me and hugged me. He was so glad to see me. Laws bless you, child. I is right down show yo's dead again. Jack's been here. He say he reckon you's been shot, cause you didn't come home no more. So I just dis minute a startin' to raft down towards the mouth or de creek, so's to be all ready for to shove off and leave soon as Jack comes again and tells me for certain you is dead. Why doesn't Jack go with them? I was just going to say it. Lazy, I is mighty glad to get you back again, honey, I says. All right, that's mighty good. They won't find me, and they'll think I've been killed and floated down the river. There's something up there that'll help them think so. So don't you lose no time, Jim, but just shove off for the big water as fast as ever you can. I never felt easy till the raft was two mile below there and out in the middle of the Mississippi. Then we hung up our signal lantern and judged that we was free and safe once more. I hadn't had a bite to eat since yesterday, so Jim, he got some corn dodgers and buttermilk and pork and cabbage and greens. There ain't nothing in the world so good when it's cooked right. This is really, really nice. And whilst I eat my supper, we talked and had a good time. I was powerful glad to get away from the feuds, and so was Jim to get away from the swamp. We said there weren't no home like a raft, after all. Other places do seem so cramped up and smothery, but a raft don't. You feel mighty free and easy and comfortable on a raft. End of chapter. Wow. Okay, so they're, they're off again. They're floating down the river again on their raft. Off to another adventure. But I'm glad that one's done. Jeez. Life on the raft, that is their home. Yeah. And they're, they're comfortable on their home. How many times were they just, so we went down 20 miles laying on the raft talking. I mean, it's really interesting that because the land has so many problems associated with it. Land and ownership and grabbing, grabbing, grabbing. The land has all these horrible things associated with it. And then, of course, Mark Twain is going to associate freedom and lightness and, you know, what do you, what do you call it? Like they, they can move fluid, like fluid, like yeah. on the water. 
No one can touch them except for that 30-foot wheel coming to churn them up. <laughs> it's time for PPP, Problematic Points to Ponder. What, if anything, would be considered banworthy in this chapter? Well, obviously a lot of N-words. <laughs> yeah, lots of bad language that we will not repeat on the show. But yeah, yeah. that's the word... The word is in there that everybody hates. Well, not everybody. Sadly, a lot of A words like it, apparently, and a monumental, I was going to say a monumental amount of violence, but actually I'm thankful for how Mark Twain wrote that. I, I think that was really neat how he said, I'm not going to talk much about the next day. And then uh -huh. later he even repeated that by saying, I'm not going to talk much about what I saw next. Yeah. Because it's like really driving home a lot of violence. That cannot be banworthy, though, because he did it no. in a really masterful, creative way and still drove home senseless, stupid violence. I mean, nothing, nothing in that chapter is banworthy. I think that this chapter was specifically designed to show man's inhumanity to man, no matter mm. what color skin they are. If they have hatred towards someone or they can make a buck off someone or a million bucks off someone, you know, it's well, all the same. It's, you know, choices, people. I'm just thankful we're way past that now. Oh, wait, what's that? <laughs> All right. We've caused enough literary chaos for today. Thank you for listening, scary book people. You can find us on Instagram at bandcamp underscore podcast, where you can connect with fellow scary book people, join in the polls and discussions, and you can vent about the evils of book banning. And we really do hope you join our community. We'd love to see you there and engage with you. Bandcamp is produced and hosted by Dan Schultz and me, Jennifer Davis. All media used in this production was done so under the protection of fair use. And we'll see you next time, everybody. See you next time.